Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Die Hard Knicks Podcast. This is 2019, so can't really say ladies and gentlemen no more. So may I re- retract that line and just say, everyone, welcome to the Die Hard Knicks Podcast. It's a lot to talk about. The NBA trade deadline is February 7th. That is the absolute reason why we're getting Chris Asperzingis rumors and um, all kind of other bullshit. Anyway, tune in to us. We're going to keep on talking about it. Zion next podcast. Let's go. Stay tweeting. All made you look. You were slave to a beat writer's Facebook. You were big dummy, sometimes he Knicks fan. Where them diehards at? Where the purists? Stay tweeting. All made you look. You were slave to a beat writer's Facebook. You were big dummy, sometimes he Knicks fan. Where them diehards at? Where the purists? Yes, indeed. I had to drop that on you again because they got us, man. Bleach Report, ESPN, whatever you like to listen to. If you, you got a notification, you got a notification today saying that San Antonio is interested in Kristaps. Okay, number one, the rules are Kristaps is a, refri- is a restricted free agent. That applies to the summertime. San Antonio cannot sign him now. So it's, no, it's like a non-story. This is something that's going to happen in the offseason. The only bad thing that can happen with this is that, is that um, if they if San Antonio does offer Kristaps an offer sheet and Kristaps signs it, it fucks the Knicks up as far as getting a free agent. It like you know it's not ingrained in stone that we're gonna get a free agent, but we have to secure the bag. Right now we have enough money to get one person if if they if so choose to sign with the Knicks. We might end up um squeezing out a little bit more money to try to get some some other guy mixed up into that mix, but. The one key that jams that up is is if Chris Stapps signs an early offer sheet. Now, of course, San Antonio is going to want to sign on Chris Stapps. San Antonio is going to have cap space next year. There's a ton of teams out there that's going to have cap space. Everybody's going to be trying to sign Chris Stapps Porzingis, as they should. After all, Chris Stapps is a unicorn. KD crowned Chris Stapps the unicorn. Now, it just so happens that we're playing KD tonight, you know, at Golden State. And, you know, they're going to be talking about it. Of course, Kevin Knox, they want to compare Kevin Knox to, Kevin, to to Durant. They want to mix that up because if you're going to sign Durant, what what, is, um, what does that do to um, Kevin Knox? You know what I'm saying? Because they're essentially the same player. They're going to play the same position. If you sign um, Durant, does Durant play power forward? Durant's not going to play power forward. He's like 30-something years old, and he's going to be making over $30 million a year. So you're not going to force him to do anything. You know, he's going to come in, he's going to sign, he's going to have a position. Kevin Knox is going to be the one that's going to slide over to the fourth spot. Now, what happens if we draft Zion? Then where does Zion go in this mix? So we actually have a dilemma when it comes to signing these people. So we might not, we might end up not even signing anybody, you know, straight up and down. We might not even sign, outside of Chris Stapps, we might not even sign uh, anybody like KD or anything like that. But um, what we really need to look, to look at is say, like, say we do, um, so th- that's another thing. Thank God that the draft comes first. Because we, we'll draft a player, then we have a little lull time, maybe like like almost like two weeks, three weeks before the um the the um off season officially starts. So the signing period, I should say, officially starts. So we'll have Zion if we do draft. If we get number one and we draft Zion, we'll have Zion on the fold. So now we got Zion, Knox, and Kristaps right there. That's an awesome front court. So technically, who do we need to really sign? Who's gonna really sign to make that team better? Now, before we before I, I, I um, talk about that, I just want to clarify that Kristaps is a restricted free agent, meaning that he would he, he would have to sign an offer sheet with another team, and the Knicks could match any offer sheet. 
Just wanted to clarify that. Now the Knicks playing um playing the way they should is that um they're not gonna actually offer Kristaps a contract themselves. They're just gonna let Kristaps find his own contract with another team, sign with that team, and the Knicks will have like what is it, three days to um to respond and, and um match the contract. So that's exactly what's gonna happen. So that's my dilemma. Kristaps must wait, you know, the allowed of time, whatever, to give the Knicks uh, at least a week to figure out what they're gonna do as far as signing players. Because then then because then they won't mess up the cash base. If the Knicks sign Chris Stapps before they can sign another player, they'll that'll, that'll eat up the cap space, and the Knicks will be in trouble. Then they won't be able to sign anybody. So if Chris Stapps really wants to um really wants to play with another player, if he really wants to win the championship in New York, then he really needs to um to to chill out and sit back for a second, at least a week. Let the Knicks try to sign somebody. If they can't sign somebody, then sign your um your offer sheet with another team. And then um, Knicks are going to match and everything will be great. And then we can just go on talking about Zion, Chris Stapps, and Knox in the front court. Now, as I go on to say that, you know, maybe maybe Durant isn't the right person. You know, maybe maybe a forward like um, Butler or something like that is not the right person. Maybe we need a point guard. But we can go down the line. Um, Kyrie. Kyrie is not a pass-first point guard. If you got Zion, if you got Chris Stapps, and if you got Knox as your front court, you do not need somebody that's a scorer, somebody that's going to be putting the ball between the legs a million times and doing all kinds of spin moves and stuff like that, not even trying to pass the ball. And that's me um, um, shooting at um, um, Kyrie. Because, I mean, Kyrie's a great player, but um, you can't, I mean, you're going to win. You're going to, if, if you stack the team up, you're going to be, you're going to be there to, um, towards the end, or you're going to be there fighting in the playoffs or whatever. But um, if, you, if you want these guys to get the ball, Kyrie's not the guy to do it. Kyrie, for his career, Hasn't really been a high assist guy. People like to say that he's like the number one point guard, number two point guard, maybe behind Curry or or whatever. But, I mean, he doesn't really pass the ball enough. You know what I'm saying? He's not making his teammates better in, in particular, you know? He he does he does get, he get to the basket. He got all the handles in the world. But like I said, the main, the main, people forget, man, the main objective of a point guard is to make his teammates better. And I'm not, I'm not sure if um, Kyrie makes his team better. Now, way back in in um, October, early November, when I started this podcast, and I also started that Instagram um, account, Instagram is um, Die Next Podcast. Well, when I started it, I mentioned uh, a point guard by the name of Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton was drafted into Orlando, and he he played there, or whatever, and then he got traded to Phoenix, and um, he's been right now he's on the Pelicans, and he's actually hurt. He's been hurt all year, some kind of wild um, injury having to do with his foot or something like that, foot or knee. Whatever it is, he's been hurt most of the year. Now, I was expecting him to come back a little sooner. I don't know what's really going on with that. But um, as far as point guards is concerned, like if you comb the league, there's not really a lot of passers in the, in the NBA right now. Everybody wants a scoring point guard. That's 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 the NBA is a comp, copycat league. You know what I'm saying? So if there was a, a pass first point guard out there, nobody's trying to get him because everybody wants the next Curry. Everybody wants the next Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? You got Kemba Walker out there. Kemba Walker, he will be, it would be great to get him back. Back home, but um, he's not a passer either. You know what I'm saying? He's just trying to get his points. You know, as, you know, as he, he just, you know, just that's that's the type of player. He's not, he's not really knocking his game, but as far as the Knicks team building and, and the potential to what we what we're gonna have in the front court, we need somebody that's gonna push the ball in the pass. Def- absolutely, you know what I'm saying? So I mentioned Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton, you know, as as a young guy, he's been averaging like seven assists a game as a, as a young guy. You know what I'm saying? Not so many players with his speed and, and whatever can, can, um, is averaging that many assists. He's averaging more assists than um 
than some of the big dogs in the, in the NBA. The, you know, the, the Kyries and, the, and the, um, the Currys. He's right there, you know, as far as passing the ball. You know, another another guy I would like to talk about is Teague. Jeff Teague, now he's playing in Minnesota. He's been hurt too. But um, he's get caught up out there with the whole Thibodeau thing and Derrick Rose over there and, and everything you could think of that has, that has to do with that. Teague is really, he really made a mistake signing with Minnesota because he thought signing there was going to get him in the playoffs and they were going to be a big upstart team, which they should have because they had um, Jimmy Butler and, you know, um, Cat is there and Wiggins is there. They should be a, a perennial playoff team. But and, and plus they got Tibbs there. Tibbs is a super coach and whatever. They, you know, he's going to bring defense to them and it, it turned out to be a shit show over there. So I, I kind of feel sorry for Teague because um, Teague got caught up in the whole um, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the dude um, that's in um, Atlanta? Whatever. The, the young kid is in Atlanta. He's the, the Curry clone. You know, they already was like they already had their mind fixated on getting uh, getting him. So you know, I kind of feel sorry for Teague. So Teague really, Teague is thirty years old. Teague needs to be on a team that's going to be um, appreciate his skills. Now, him and Alfred Payton are essentially the same exact player. They have both have sneaky hops. They both have a sneaky three point shot. You know, they you know shoot shoot about thirty five percent or so. You know, plus or minus. But um, and they both also shoot well from the from the field. Alfred Payton for for um for one has been has been in the kind of in the high forties. And um, Teague is is like you know treading water down in in the in the mid to low forties, uh, but but like I said, both guys are essentially the same player. Teague is a, is a, is a uh, all star, you know. So these are two guys that I, me in particular, would would love to have on the Knicks, you know, next year. Hopefully this year. Hopefully we can make something happen this year. But next year, these these are the two partners that I would love to have on the team, because like like I said, potentially if, if we're gonna have Zion, Chris Stapps, and Knox on the team, give me Teague. Teague is flying up the court, and Teague is passing the ball. He's going to be averaging seven assists at least. You know what I'm saying? And then Alfred Payton, the same thing. They're going to be averaging seven assists. They're going to push that ball. They're going to be looking to pass. You know what I'm saying? And both guys are are great getting to the basket. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's that's what I dream for our, for our Knicks right now. Now, I didn't forget about our young guys. We still got Frank, and we still got Mudiay, and right now we still got Burke. You know, trading deadline is February 7th. Anything can happen. We might end up um, getting rid of some of these guys. I wouldn't say getting rid of, but we're just trying to build this team. And, and there's like no favorites when it comes to these guys. You know? Now, um, I mentioned um, these two guys, but uh, also Moody Eye. Moody Eye might end up be the starting point guard because right now he seems to be the guy. You know, he he can actually pass so much more than, than he is. You know, I, I just think that he's young and I, I think he, just really the, he really was never taught the game properly. But um, he has the potential to be like a big time passer. And um, he's already here and he's like I said, he's young. So he should be given the, the opportunity to do that. And I'm, I'm quite sure um, our coach, uh, Fisdale, is coaching him up and, and telling him what he needs to do as far as making the team better. But, you know, he's also he also got to worry about um, signing his next contract. So I don't know. If we end up um, keeping Mudiay and signing him to a, like a major deal, it's not going to be a $30 million deal. So I don't know if anybody is really upset about him making making some money. But I mean, he he can get a little boost in his rookie contract. I, w I wouldn't have a problem with that. But you know, as long as it's like nothing over ten million a year, because you know that 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 really would be a push. But I mean, if he can get a little bit a little bit boost of what he's making now, that'll, that'll be fine. And as far as Frank, I mean, Frank is is a project. Frank, like everyone keeps saying it, he's two years away. Frank Nilakina is two years away. No matter if you're a Frank fan or not, everyone says the same thing. The kid is just not ready to play yet. So. 
we're potentially are ready to to get busy next year. So we're gonna wait two more years for this kid to get better. What's the priority, Frank or the team? And also the potential of Frank. Nobody thinks that Frank is gonna become Steph Curry. Everyone projects him to be like a mediocre super defender and like you know decent shooter. You know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like like what are we talking about here? You know what I'm saying? So I hope that the the Knicks really take a look at at um Chris Stapps, excuse me, not Chris Stapps, Frank, and um and make and make a make a sound decision. And like like I said, I I particularly would love to get my hands on Teague or Alfred Payton. All right, for this next segment, I want to get into how people view the game. Like uh, like for instance, this whole Frank Needle Cleaner thing, he's like my pet for this whole podcast, but um. People view him only by what they heard somebody else say about him. Like, he's supposed to be a defender. He's supposed to be this, that, and the other. But um, he, he doesn't show any of that in the game. If The, the one thing that, that's been true that everyone keeps saying is that he has a, a pace to his game. That pace could be could be um, translated as fear or whatever you, you think it could be. But he has this, this way about playing that's, um, that just doesn't translate to anything on the, on the, on the box score. In the win column, anything, even just um, game to game, you know what I'm saying? Even when he when he had that 18 point little 18 point third quarter, no, it was just kind of just random. It didn't it didn't have any any energy to it. He just was hitting shots. It wasn't nothing that he was like dominating or anything like that. So anyway, anyway, how do you guys um view the game? How do you guys develop your opinion about what's happening? Like um, if you hear it from um, someone else, especially like from quote unquote scouts. Scouts are never identified. You never know who they are. You never know their faces. You know what I'm saying? You never know a name, anything. But we just know a scout and say, scouts say, the Knicks scouts or this team scouts or that person scouts. Who are these people? You know, like if you play basketball, you'd be around coaches and things things of that nature. And you run into different people and you look at them and then you just want to know what makes them so different than, than you or I, you know? Uh, for one thing, is opportunity. Basketball, uh, the basketball realm, you know, is all about who you know. You know, like if if you if you happen to be, if you happen to happen to play for a coach, he might bring you along into his camp, and then you can get into the loop that way. It's basically a loop. You know, if if you know somebody, you know, he'll just bring you on that way. You know, maybe through playing or maybe through refereeing or something like that, you'll you'll be able to get on that way. Like just the other day, I heard that Flip Saunders might, like his son Flip Saunders Jr. might actually have a shot at becoming the coach or the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and um Scott Layden is a, is on um, the GM right now, and he actually is the son of a famous coach. His um the, I forgot um his dad's name, but his dad's also the last name is Dayton. I think it was Frank Layden. <clears throat> anyway, Frank Layden, he was like the coach of Utah, and um. You know, it's like nepotism. You know, whoever you could bring into the game, and then they'll get the opportunity that way. Well, besides opportunities, watching basketball is just a, it's basketball is a basic thing. You can watch two kids in the park playing one on one, and you can have an, you can have a great time just enjoying, like um, just trying to see who's gonna win the game, who has who's the better player. You know, you can sit there and watch, and in a few minutes you'll be able to tell who's the better player. It might not necessarily be whoever won the game. It, it could um you could you could show the skill maybe somebody might have his jump shot might be off at that particular time you're catching the game in in just like a little span of time you don't know what happened before or after but during that game you can get a lot out of it just out of a basic like a basic two on two you know like there's there's been a lot of talk with the WNBA and how 
you know, women's game is just not fun. And then you read some of the comments and just people's, um, the way people talk about it. They said, look, maybe if they lowered the rim and then I'm dunking because um, when somebody dunks on somebody else, that that's like the best thing ever. You know what I'm saying? So there's all these different views of the game because cause for, for me, dunking on somebody is not like um, the end all for, for playing basketball because nine times out of ten, people can't even dunk the basketball, especially in a random basketball court. You know what I'm saying? So if somebody says that about the WNBA, they're just idiots because any of those WNBA players that they showed up to the park, you're going to be in trouble. I don't care who you are, man, woman, child, even an NBA player. If a WNBA player rolls up on them, they're going to have to play some defense. My favorite um, time to look at basketball is um, the NCAA tournament because everybody has their superstar players and you have like ranked players, ranked teams, you know, 1 through 16. You're all ranked and they're on this big tournament of 64 or whatever. And then, you know, everybody's waiting for this one player to play well, but then out of nowhere, some team you never heard of, you know, comes out with some star players or maybe the team might not even have stars. They just come out of nowhere and they destroy this number one team. And that player that you thought was so good didn't even um, have a good game. Like the number one um, pick last year, um, Aiden, whatever his name is, that got drafted to um, Phoenix. You know, he's the number one pick and he's supposed to be the biggest, baddest dude. And in the NBA, he's actually playing pretty well. But in the NCAA tournament, he got his ass handed to him in, in the tournament. And they, had, they lost in some of the earlier rounds. You know, so all that stuff doesn't really mean anything. Like somebody could have like a reputation, or like I said, the scouts that you, the the unnamed scouts out there might have an opinion, and you might fall for all these things. But by watching the games, you can you can see if the person could play it or not. With all that being said, that's a segue into it's what I'm trying to get at here. It's the 36 minute per stat. Now, a lot of people like to talk about analytics and all these other things, all these special stats that no one ever heard of up until recently. Like maybe like the last five, I won't even go ten, but five almost ten years analytics. You know what I'm saying? The original analytics was um was just um hey can you shoot the ball? Oh he missed it five times. I guess he can't shoot the ball. You know what I'm saying? You better start trying to pass it, or you better start trying to play defense. That was the original analytics. But as time goes on, you're looking at box scores and stuff like that. You see one guy, you're like damn this guy is like like really getting a lot a lot of stats in in his minutes. So if you project his minutes from what he typically gets, let's say if you get like um if a, if a, if a guy gets uh 16 minutes a game, from 16 minutes a game you, you see he might have eight five and five. He's like wait a second if he play if he has um if he's playing like 16 minutes a game double that now you have 32, <clears throat> 32 minutes a game he'll be getting 16, you know 10 assists and 10 assists and um, 10 rebounds that's like crazy, so you wonder if the person could uh, could handle the if they could handle starters minutes would he put with that would his stats project to um you know to to what you think it would be you know now it's not all about just boosting the guy's minutes because that's what everyone wants to happen with Franklin and Kennedy. they just want him to get 30 minutes a game he doesn't deserve it you know with him he, even in this little 15 minutes a game he's only getting two points and no assists no rebounds it's like come on man you can't give him 30-something minutes and be happy with him getting four points, finishing the game, and three assists, and one rebound. You know, you can't be happy with that. So what I'm getting at with that is just that you have to look at the temperament of the player. If the, if the player has a temperament to match the game that he's, that he's given off, then maybe he could um, handle those minutes. A lot of times, guys burn themselves out, too. You know, so a player that comes to mind is Dan Gadzerick. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was in, on um, UCLA. And he basically played on every single NBA team out there. 
But um, with him, he had a super motor where it was just hard for him to calm down and settle down into the pace of the NBA game. He was actually playing one or maybe two paces ahead of everyone else. That's why he always stayed in um, foul trouble. And he also burned himself out because um, he couldn't handle heavy minutes because he would either foul out the game or he would just be flat out exhausted. You know, sweating, dehydration, all that stuff. You know, so sometimes adding minutes to a person's game is not really going to help the um, situation any more than than, um, than you really think it would. Now, that's why I like what um, Coach is doing. Coach Frisdale is giving everybody a chance to see if they can handle those type of minutes. So it's like, if you want to be truthful, half the team, half the players on the Knicks team are not going to be on the roster next year. You know, so this is a tryout for everybody. So everybody needs their fair share of minutes. Right now, we got Luke Cornett as a starting center. In the beginning of the year, it was um, Mitch Robinson, you know, and his Canter didn't really like any of that too much. But you got to give these guys minutes to see if they if they can handle it. Um, Mitch Robinson did a good job, but it was like up and down for him. But it seems like um, this guy, um, Luke Cornett, they feel like Luke Cornett is, could um, handle those minutes because he's been playing pretty well. You know, he's not going to be perfect. He's not an all-star player, but he can handle heavy minutes day-to-day if if um you ask him to, to do it. So that's pretty good. You, gotta, you have to test these plays out. Now let's just get into the top five, or I'll, I'll just give you the top nine players as far as 36 minutes um, per game goes. Now, I already mentioned Cornette, but you could, um, let me just put it up here. Uh, I talked about Luke Cornette. The other, the other players, the top guy is um, obviously Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. is averaging 22 points a game, three assists, three rebounds. You got Trey Burke. This is this is per 36 minutes, mind you. Per 36 minutes, Trey Burke is number two. He's averaging 20 points, five assists, and four rebounds per um, per 36 minutes. Now that stat line sounds like um, some of the top guards. That sounds like uh, Kyrie Irving. That sounds like Kemba Walker right there to me. Excuse me. Now we got um, Emmanuel Mudiay. He's averaging 19, 5, and 4. That's also right up there with, with some of those point guards. And this Cantor, obviously, 19 points, 14 rebounds. That's per 36. Luke Cornette, per 36. He's number 5 on the list. He's averaging 17, 4. That's 4 assists and 6 rebounds. He's also getting 1.3 blocks per game. <clears throat> Going down the line, you got Alonzo Trier. 16 points, uh, four rebounds, just about three assists a game. Uh, Kevin Knox, he's you know he's been on a tear lately, but his you know cumulative stats for the year per 36, he's averaging a 16, uh, six with uh, 1.3 assists, half a block. It's pretty good, man. Hazona, this these are the um, this is the important stat here. Hazona and Damian Dotson have identical numbers: 14 points. Uh, six rebounds and two assists for both of those guys. You know, give or take a couple percentage um, points there, but they basically are giving off the same stats. Now, uh, the consensus among Snicks fans is that Damian Dotson is the right guy to play and his owner is the one that we should be trying to trade. But the stats here say that they actually are playing the same. You know, even the same steals, same exact steals and all this, you know, in the same amount of minutes. So um, that's something that's something to think about. The rest of the guys are just basically retreads. I know everybody likes Noah Vonley. Noah Vonley per 36 is getting 11 and 11. Uh, everybody's favorite for a guy, Frank Neal Kennedy, he's getting 10, uh, 4, and 3 per 36. That, to me, that's horrible. You know, I know you're looking at the points, but 
He's not even giving you giving you steals. It's like 1.1 steals per 36 minutes. But someone is a defender, that should be higher than that. Blocks is 0.5. That should be higher than that if, if this guy's supposed to be a defender. Then, of course, you got Mitchell Robinson is 9 and 8 with um, 3.8 blocks per game per 36. Jesus. And then, of course, rounding out is on um, last time she's given you 8 points and 5 rebounds per 36, which is horrendous. So anyway, the top nine guys, you got Tim Hardaway, Trey, Emmanuel Muriai, Ennis Cantor, Luke, Lonzo Trier, Kevin Knox, Myra Hazona, and Damian Dotson. Those guys, in that order, that's how that's how the um, diminish should play out. Top five guys, that's um, Timmy, Trey, Muriai, Cantor, and Luke. Those guys should be getting the majority of the minutes based on what we're getting as far as production is concerned. And then does the rest of the guys just fill in where they, where they fit in, you know? You can't start Ennis and Luke at the same time, and you can't start uh, training Emmanuel at the same time. So it depends on what, how you want to do it. But out of those nine players, that's supposed to be the main rotation as far as um, Knicks basketball is concerned. Latvian trap music that was um, put out maybe uh, I want to say Kristaps second year or maybe some part of his first year <clears throat> some Latvian guys made a rap song about Kristaps anyway keep calm like Kristaps pausing is that's what we really need the guy to do to begin with man every every time you look at it somebody might say something or whatever and Kristaps out of nowhere has to say some slick shit on the internet like um, Fisdale didn't know anything about uh, Chris Stapp's working out and stuff like that. So, he, you know, he dismissed it. He's like, oh, you know, he's not really working out now, blah, blah, blah. And be, you know, he gave him like a bullshit answer. He didn't really know the answer, so he probably should have just deflected the question and, you know, let it be. But he gave an answer, and then right off the bat, Chris Stapps goes straight to the internet and he posts a picture of him sprinting or whatever. You know, it's like, what is that? You know, that's like really childish, man. You know, is, is that like helping? It makes it seem like that you have beef with the team when you do shit like that. Now, at this point of his career, he knows what he's doing. He's being coached by somebody. Just um, just this evening, he um made a little comment about um something that he said. I think he accidentally blocked somebody by accident, and then he comments back like, "Oh, you know, that's not what I meant to say. I, I didn't mean to do that. Be chill out or whatever. I don't know whatever the, the quote was. It's, it's going on out there on Instagram right now." But, I mean, just the way that, that he responded, it just shows you that he's highly influenced by somebody. And that somebody is, I'm thinking Carmelo Anthony. You know, Carmelo Anthony was saying that's his little brother. And then Chris S was like, he don't know how he's going to go on without him. What the other garbage, man? It's like a fraternity amongst the like the um, high-ranking players. So, I think a little bit of Melo might have um, brushed off on Chris Stapps, Especially his camp, the way that they handle business and things of that nature. So it's, it's like it's like that. That's the only thing that that um that disturbs me a little bit with with Chris Stapps, because like outside of all of that, of course you want him to be on the team. You know, we and he's like he's six foot. Excuse me, he's seven foot three. You know, he's athletic, a shooter, all this other nonsense. He's like, he's an all star. He was hurt, but he's an all star. You know, of course we want him on the team. 
You know, but these little things here, it just makes you wonder, like, as soon as he gets his big contract, is he going to start acting crazy? Is he going to start being divish? Is he going to start demanding things and stuff like that? You know, that's what happens when you, that's the, the drawback with giving somebody, like, a max contract. Because before they get the max contract, you know, they might, they might give, give you a little bit of um, problems. But as soon as they get the money, <clears throat> it's like, bam, that's what they really are now. <clears throat> they want to, they want to be, they want to, they want to be like, they want to boost their brand, you know, in X, Y, Z, you know what I'm saying? So we'll find out very soon whether or not if we're going to get that type of player with um, Chris Stapps. On one end, he talks a good game and he works hard and this, that, and the other. But then on the other side, it's that little diva stuff that he throws out there that, that's very concerning, man. Like, we don't, we don't need another, another mellow. We don't need another guy that's going to be, you know, demanding the ball and demanding things just for him outside of what the team is trying to do. You know, we've already been there. We've been there, done that with the, with this Knicks team. You know, we did that with Ewing. You know, we can go down the line with that. But um, recently, Melo, you know, all, all these coaches that we had with Melo and all these different players that we had around him, we just we just don't want to have to go through that again. And like I said in the beginning of the podcast, we need Chris Stapps to wait at least a week to let the Knicks uh, figure out if they're going to be able to sign somebody. If they can't sign somebody, then, then Chris Stapps can get his money. But like I said, we'll find out very soon, man. If um, Chris Stapps signs that early um, contract, then that tells you right there what his head is at. He's not trying to win nothing. He's just trying to get paid. So we'll see how that goes. Another thing to think about is, is his position. I mentioned um, Kevin Durant. If he signs here, he's not going to sign here to play shooting guard. He's not going to sign here to play center. He's not going to sign here to play power forward. He's coming on here to be the starting small forward. You know, he's going to get paid a big chunk of change to do it, too. So same thing with Chris Stapps. If Chris Stapps signs that money, he's gonna, he might demand that he only plays power forward. He does not, he, he, you know, I don't think he wants to play center. Even after getting his knee blown out, trying to be like a, a, you know, trying to be a power forward or trying to be a small forward power forward, trying to play small ball, you know, coming across the lane, trying to dunk it at like like he's um 6'9 and he's 7'3. You know, even though he went through that, he probably still in his mind thinks that he could still do it. And he still wants to do it. He doesn't want to bang with the big boys and play center. Even though there's not many big boys out there. You got Ennis Cantor, but Ennis Cantor doesn't play defense. So whatever Cantor is doing to Chris Stapps on that end, Chris Stapps could, could defend it. Chris Stapps is a great shot blocker. He plays good good man-on-man defense. So it doesn't matter if somebody like that is on Chris Stapps. Because they're not going to be able to, to guard him on the other end. You know, so running the floor and all these things, you know, Chris Stapps should be able to dominate. So I don't see I don't see too much resistance in that if he's open minded, you know, because most teams like Golden State, for instance, Golden State is playing um, Draymond Green at center, you know, and if Draymond Green's not there, they're playing um, those other guys, a bunch of bums. They're playing like six, eight guys at center, and that's that's just the way around the league too. Most of the centers, even if they're seven foot, they're just not like they're not like big burly guys like they used to be. Like you know, like there's no Shaqs, there's no Ewings, there's no Hakeem Olajuwon's. There's not even a Kevin Duckworth out there in the NBA. You know, you got what you got? Um, DeAndre Jordan. He might be like the biggest guy out there, or or whatever, man. How, how often do you play a guy like like DeAndre Jordan? But even then, DeAndre Jordan, he's just gonna be trying to rebound and trying to dunk everything. But he's not coming out to guard Chris Stapps. And Chris Stapps, you know, already busts his ass plenty of times. So there shouldn't be any concern with that. Practically speaking, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, if we draft Zion, let's keep that keep that um that scenario. Draft um Zion, we got Knox, and then we have Chris Stapps in the in the um starting 
you know, the starting front court. Then you still got Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson is going to get better. At Cantus, he's going to get better. So you're going to put those guys into the mix too. So throughout the course of the game, depending if um, if Zion is having problems, maybe he might get in foul trouble. You know, maybe it's not, you know, whatever, you know, or Kevin Knox not having a particularly good game or just the matchup is not really working out. You can take any one of those guys out and slide Chris Dice back to the power forward spot and then put Mitchell Robinson in the game and then see what you know, how see how that works. You know what I'm saying? And then you still got Cantor out there. You know, all these guys should be fixtures at this point. You know, and then whoever else we add to this, that would, that would make the team. But um, like I said, it shouldn't be a big problem with Chris Dice playing center. And if anything... He should be. He should um, want to play that because he's going to dominate whoever's in front of him. You know, he he's already proven that he can put twenty points a game out there without even without even having a play call for him. You know, and then he doesn't really have any moves. So hopefully he's working on moves. So between him working on moves and just being like a, a like a focal point in the offense, especially with an innovative coach like um, Fisdale, it should be a great year for uh, for Chris Stapps next year. Well, you know, you kind of hope that he comes this year because. It um gives you the learning curve, you know what I'm saying? He can get the little, you know, bangs out this year, then, you know, take a little break and then get maybe a little work in the summertime, playing around in these little, you know, summer tournaments and just like summer pickup ball games and he can get his legs underneath him. Maybe he'll play international ball, you know, we'll see. And then by the time the season rolls around, you know, he'll be ready to go to play some minutes for us. All right, that's all I got for today. I know I made a promise I was trying to get this podcast out before the game start. Well, we're about eight minutes away from the Golden State game. You know, I'm expecting a loss tonight. You never know. Maybe, you know, Golden State might decide to bench some guys at the last minute or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I don't, you know, we all don't expect the Knicks to, to win tonight. We don't expect them to win for a couple nights from now. You know what I'm saying? But... You know, as we as we're gonna keep on talking about it, it's all about the draft right now. We got 17 games counting tonight. Got 17 games, you know, before the trade deadline. A lot of things can happen between now and then. So just prepare for that, Knicks fans. You know, we're gonna talk about it. Next podcast will be up probably Friday night or sometime on Saturday, because I because today right now is 10:30. It's basically Wednesday. So I'm a day late, so the next podcast is more than likely going to be a day late as well. I'm going to try to keep, um, stay on the ball, you know, get it out on Tuesday and try to be more consistent with that so you guys can have it for your commutes tomorrow. So anyway, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Keep on listening. i got more things to talk about. This is E. Rude, Any Star. You see me out in these streets. You know what to do. Put the four fingers to the forehead. Tucking the thumb, salute.